Hi, Lauren. Hi, Sam. Are you ready to talk about Babylon? I am, because after all, we are the Watchers of Movies. Wow, that was really good. Oh my gosh, we both said that at the same time. Uh, so, how are you? I'm good. Good. I'm good. You're good? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, um, I watched the third season of The Sinner. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. It's um, not as good as the fourth, and the first is the best one. I was telling you about that, that if you're going to if you're gonna rank them, it's first, fourth, third, second, second being the worst, because it's terrible. Um, but it was with Matt Bomber, and he was really, really good at playing like an unhinged psychopath <laughs> and i've seen i've seen a lot of his stuff before because i'm a fan and i watched like the entirety of white collar and um and he is like so he so he identifies as a gay man but it, part of me is curious because he's got such a good chemistry with women that makes me wonder like is there maybe part of him that's like a little bit attracted to women because and like uh, sure he's an actor but it, it just makes me wonder like he's got such great chemistry with these women it's just like such an easy like he he, like it's a very easy going it's like robert downey jr with like anyone (laughs) you know what i mean like robert downey jr has just that like consistent chemistry and i feel like he has that with everyone i've also gotten major bisexual vibes from robert downey jr before so i don't know how right i am but if i if it ever came out i'd be like what did i say what did i fucking say you know so um but it was uh it was interesting because it's like about this it's about this guy who feels like he's like his wife is pregnant and like she's about to give birth and um like any day and so he starts feeling like his like he's not feeling anything like he's just kind of numb so he like calls up a friend from his past his past and i think the friend was played by one of the actors that's in that mindy calling show um what is that one that she did the after mindy the, project yeah yeah the guy I think is that she, what it's called she's a doctor i think or so yeah i think she ends up with a guy but anyway mm-hmm. so <clears throat> so they start using you know those like cootie catchers that mm-hmm. we would play with and like middle school so they were like using a cootie catcher to like make decisions and i was thinking about the dad and the mom or no 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 the the matt bomber's character whose name is jamie and his friend nick were like doing this and making decisions Matt bomber's the one that's about to become a dad yeah and so nick ends up dying in a car accident Mm -hmm. and like this happens right away i'm not going to spoil anything but like i was thinking how how much emphasis they are putting on a little piece of paper and how much it's defining their life and it really felt like a commentary not like that was like that part was ridiculous but it wasn't it didn't make the story ridiculous i don't understand like what decisions were they using it for like how so they would like do stuff like speed in a car as fast as they could and then um 
I don't I guess like see if nothing got in their way if they'd survive or something. It was like very dangerous. It so was like it was dangerous like adrenaline games. Rush yeah. Type yeah. stuff. Okay. Yeah. And then there's like one scene where Nick had grabbed Jamie's hand and shoved a knife through his own hand. Jeez. Like he made his friend shove a knife through his hand. Yeah, it was really weird and like violent and and just like so creepy. But anyway, um, and so it was just this kind of weird commentary. But so then there's this other character named Sonia, and, and Sonia ends up with um, Bill Bill Pullman's character, um, whose name is Ambrose Harry, Harry Ambrose. And um, but there is like this incredibly weird, like, and I'm realizing that I really like kind of these borderline, like creepy, unsettling almost like intimately almost sexual scenes and i've noticed that i do kind of like that um there's like a scene between sonia and jamie matt bomber's character where she she's a photographer she's a she's an artist she's a very talented artist and he um he like she asked him to like take off his clothes and he's like staring at her doesn't break his his like I like you know glance as he's like taking off his clothes and it was very weird and intimate mm. and you feel like uncomfortable but you're like what's gonna happen you know and um it just made me think of this one there's this one movie i have to look it up because i don't remember the name of it uh hold on oh here we go okay it's called i melt with you um <clears throat> it's with um Let's see. Okay, it is with Thomas Jane. I just couldn't remember the name. So it's with Rob Lowe, Thomas Jane, Jeremy Piven, Christian McKay. Uh, but anyway, it's like about this this guy or these four friends go to this place to like party it up for the weekend and they end up inviting um, like, a, you know, like women over there and like some other friends and stuff like that. And there's this one scene where this character played by Christian McKay and I've never really seen him in anything else, but he did a really good job. I very much remember. Like I pretty much only remember his role in that movie and i know the rest of these actors so that should tell you something you know but um there's this girl there and he's like he's like suicidal you know he's like crying he's drinking he's like you look like my sister and she like took off all her clothes and she's like you should call your sister and let us and let her know that you know and um and he goes well she died in a car accident but it was like this really weird like intimate almost borderline sexual scene and it was with a group of people and this girl just gets naked in front of him but it's not like it's not sexual in the way that she gets undressed but anyway so it just kind of really reminded me of that and basically what i'm trying to say is that the center is excellent and you should definitely check it out (laughs) (laughs) because the first season is so fucking good it's so fucking good the second season is not great if you want to skip over it no one will blame you it doesn't really have the thing is like they each connect in that Harry Ambrose is the like recurring character in all of them and he's like the one leading the investigation because he's a detective and Bill Pullman's great. But overall, they really like other than like little tiny bits and pieces from his personal life, you don't need to see the second season in order to understand the rest of it, you know? Mm-hmm. Like you'll you'll catch on. It's not it's not difficult. So, um it's I mean, it's okay. Carrie Coon's in it. I really like her. She was in um she played the twin of Ben Affleck in um Gone Girl. Oh okay. yeah, so she's great. But there's another actress named Hannah Gross and her and Carrie Coon look like a lot alike. 
like a lot alike to the like I can tell the difference between them but I was like why would they choose these two actresses when they they both have like kind of medium brown hair they both have like greenish eyes they're both slender they're both white like they just look alike you know what I mean it's like any other person in the world they could have chose but and I don't really like Hannah Gross I think she's just fine I've seen her in other stuff I saw her in Mindhunter and I just I'm not a fan you know what I mean like every time I see her in anything I'm like you're kind of boring though you know <laughs> whereas Carrie Coon really just like she's got that screen presence so if you're gonna watch it watch it for her if you don't watch a second season whatever mm-hmm. um, but the they're all like really dark and messed up so you know that's your jam <laughs> watch the sinner on netflix it sounds like it's kind of like true detective in a way did you ever watch I, the I, first no season? i never watched that but i heard that it was good or the part first of it season, was good I, watched, anyway. I think i watched most of the first season and it was good it's creepy it's unsettling and it's dark a little too dark like for something to just watch casually yeah um and then i never watched any other seasons but i heard the second season was was not good yeah i heard um, that it was the first was started out really strong mm-hmm. and then the second it kind of just went downhill from there yeah yeah but it kind of reminds me of of that where it's like different story different bad guys every yeah. season or whatever i think true detective has different detectives even so there's oh, not okay. even that thread but i know taylor kitsch was in it Mm-hmm. And uh, Matthew McConaughey, right? Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Was Leif Schreiber? I believe Woody Harrelson. Woody Harrelson. Leif Schreiber might have been in the later seasons. I don't know. I don't know either. I think but... Colin Farrell might have been. Oh, in really? Rachel McAdams, maybe. I'm mm-hmm. not sure. Anyway, it's I love been a me long some time. Colin Farrell. So yeah. <laughs> y'all know I'll check that out. <laughs> uh, <laughs> maybe. Yeah, I've, I've had actually wanted to see that. Um, it reminded me. The center reminds me a lot of Cardinal, and I know I talked about that one before. Um, where there's like a pretty i mean with cardinal though you do kind of have to watch all of them because or else you're going to be like wait what what's happening you know yeah but i really really liked cardinal and i was like and there's only the i think one of the good things about that show is that there's only four seasons because there's like a definitive end you know well, there's like the hint that it maybe might continue, but it, it ended on four seasons, season four, and it felt like a good place to end. You know what I mean? So, um, so I don't know. I, I, I just, I, I love these like really clever tr- like crime shows where they have these endings where you're like what the fuck you know what i mean like yeah that's exactly what it was like with the first season of the center because everything that happens that leads up to that point you like when it the ending is revealed you're like oh my god okay and it makes sense it all makes sense and it's a beautifully well like done and jessica peel is just so fantastic but um just like the ending was just it's you just don't see it coming. It's so good. It's so good. I can't stop talking about it. Was it good? It was really good. <laughs> it was excellent. I also finished rewatching 30 Rock, so that was funny. Oh, fun. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I figure that Kenneth is about 150 years old, yeah. I think. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Big time. Because they show the like last episode is like him talking to Liz's like great granddaughter, and he's the same age. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah. I like it. So, yeah, I was like doing some math. I was like, okay, so a generation is like 25 years. So let's say that every 25 years someone has a baby. 
yeah there you go yeah yeah so uh anyway yeah so that's nice yeah awesome so did you want to talk about the movie let's talk about the movie okay so we saw this on sunday together and somehow miraculously we're on we're able to not talk about it afterward it was hard because <laughs> i kind of wanted to i don't know about you but um as we always start out how did you feel about the movie uh well this this movie was maybe the the most extreme non-horror movie i've ever seen um it, it, it is shocking and there were two scenes that made me distinctly sick to my stomach i'm not being hyperbolic i had to close my eyes and plug my ears because I, I know exactly what scenes those are well, because i said out loud i'm gonna be sick <laughs> yeah. like when she was like i'm gonna throw up and i was like i, I felt get like, it I, mean, I almost felt like i, I might have to leave the room if i can't plug my ears hard enough and i could still kind of hear and we'll talk about them and um it's um i think if if you're thinking about seeing it it's probably worse than your if you're okay if you're nervous about seeing it, if you're listening and you're like am i gonna is this gonna be too much it's probably worse than you can imagine unless you're like a really messed up person <laughs> Um, I don't think but it's... No, 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 no. Okay, all right. I'll no, let you... Listen, sorry, okay. No, sorry. Let me rephrase. Okay. I really liked it. Okay. I think they successfully created what they were... I mean, like, the title alone should tell you you're in for a ride. And, I mean, like, they did not play it safe, and that impresses me. It's, like I said, shocking, and it's extreme, and it's disgusting. Woven into it is a really good story. I don't think it's perfect. I think it has a lot of problems. But I think they beautifully succeeded in making a movie about excess and debauchery and just like the most extreme situations in society and um i had a professor at in college talk about a book i think it's called hollywood babylon but anyway it's about the extremeness of like early hollywood because it's just like it's a it was just a city full of young beautiful and suddenly wealthy people who were just you know full of excess because of all that and so while this movie is a fictionalized account i'm and i'm sure things are blown slightly out of proportion for the movie it's probably not that far off in some capacity so i think they succeed i mean like how many movies go there and you know like how many movies can be called babylon and go there and this movie went there but so i really liked it but the caveat that i want to say is if you are trepidatious about seeing it uh it's probably worse than you're imagining <laughs> if you're like is this gonna offend me or is this gonna be shocking it's going to be it's it's yeah. worse than what you're yeah. thinking so I, yes um, i agree with that i do agree with that you know yeah. that's my but i i really liked it i think it succeeded i think um it has obvious problems but i think it like I've seen. Th- I saw three three-hour movies in the span of like eight days. I saw Avatar. <laughs> Damn, girl! I saw Avatar. I saw this new Bollywood movie called RRR, which I'd never heard of, which was crazy and fun and wild, and it's on Netflix. Okay, and then yeah, and I Netflix saw is a lot of Bollywood stuff. I noticed, and then I saw Babylon and um avatar my rear end started hurting and i was like this is uh, it's time to wrap this up rrr did not quite feel like three hours it was very fun but it was ridiculous and i was watching it with a couple friends and so we were just laughing and having fun 
and we paused it, you know, to and stuff. So yeah. it, it didn't really feel like. And then Babylon probably went the fastest. I was pretty much engrossed the whole time. Me too. And time. so I thought it was. I just I really I did really enjoy it, but it's it's not for the faint of heart. So how did you? No, feel? it is not. I also really liked it, and I actually was kind of. Um, kind of not expecting a lot because I heard that it hadn't done that well. Uh, but I liked it. I enjoyed it for what it was. I thought it was fun. It was it was a little gross. <laughs> There's definitely like actually my first note is the movie was too okay with the amount of bod- bodily fluids it showed. I was like, yeah. okay. That's <laughs> yeah. Um, but I'll give a synopsis real quick. So it is about um, like 1910s to 1930-ish. Well, the movie starts in like 1928. Yes, they okay, show right. or like like 1926. They show a date on it. Right, right. Okay, so yeah. it's it's the 1920s. <laughs> I forgot the date. Uh, 1910s when they're all still oh, wearing Victorian clothing. Actually, the Victorian age ended in 1901. If you really want to, <laughs> that would be the Edwardian age, darling. <laughs> anyway. Um, <laughs> then I felt bad. <laughs> See, that works, right? Anyway, keep going with the synopsis. So, 1920s, and it's uh, early Hollywood, and we are introduced to a wild, raucous party, and that is basically where we an meet. orgy. It was pretty much an orgy. We could be I, a part of me back, wanted back to be all. there. Oh, back and all. Is okay. that the word yeah. for an orgy? Um, well, it's. I mean, it's like you know, it's um, celebrating. Uh, Dionysus. Oh, yeah. Okay. Ba- Bacchanalia. Yeah. Which is oh, um, Bacchus. Bacchus. <gasps> oh, yeah. yeah. Okay. So that's the, I think Greek is. Greek is Dionysus. Yeah. And then Roman I think Roman is, is Bacchus. Bacchus. Yeah. Oh, yeah. you're so smart. Thank you. <laughs> um, anyway, go ahead. So, yeah, yeah, I agree. I, I big time agree. I it is definitely Bacchanalian. I kind of wanted to be there as well, but like maybe less people just having sex all over the yeah, dance floor. Yeah, there was a lot. Like it seemed like it would have been either like unless i was like really heavily communing with mother nature it would be which they super, were super oh oh yeah big time they were doing other stuff other they were that. yeah they weren't even they were communing. doing they were like Hi. they were doing everything yeah <laughs> so there was like big literally big piles of cocaine in a room so yeah. um they were doing everything and um I think it would have been like simultaneously like super fun, but also like really overwhelming. Like every ten minutes, I'd have to go outside and be like, "Okay, you should calm down. Gotta go back in. Yeah, sweat it out, dance it out, go back outside." (laughs) (laughs) Anyway, so um, and that's when we're introduced to Nellie Leroy, who's played by Margot Robbie, and she's like this little like like she she sounds like she's from Jersey almost. She said she was from New Jersey. Yeah. Okay. So she she's got this accent and. And we're also introduced to um, Jack, what is his last name? Conrad. Jack Conrad, yeah, he was played by Brad Pitt. And Jack is a alcoholic, pretty much, is, you know. And Nellie is like an unknown, no one knows who she is, but she says she's a star. So she's like, and she starts becoming famous. And it, but it really mostly follows this guy named Manny who um, rises through the ranks of, of, you know, Hollywood and becomes pretty much like a big executive. So that's pretty much what it's about. But um, I 
First of all, I have never seen the actor that plays Manny in anything, and I really, really liked that the main character was a person of color that I had never seen in anything. I was like, fuck yes, this is awesome, because it's like, it's great to see actors that I love, because I love Brad Pitt, and I love Margot Robbie, but I also want to see different people in things, you know what I mean? Different people that I've never seen in anything before. So having, having that aspect too i was like it is really cool that they had cast and like a latino guy i think he said he was spanish i don't know if he's actually spanish in real life but um this you know like hispanic guy to be the main to be the main role you know and and again virtually unknown which is awesome in my opinion so (laughs) i i like that part yeah Um, i don't know if i've ever seen him i don't think i've seen him in anything either and he didn't look I mean, he like I've maybe seen him as bit piece parts, but he didn't even look familiar to me. So um, he was born in 1992. Oh, he's a baby. baby. My God, just a baby. Just a baby. Jeez, he hasn't been in much. Nothing that I've seen except. Well, it's just that's because he's just a baby. Just a baby. Anyway, I keep going. Um. So yeah. So I think yeah. That's it, right. Yeah. I mean, yeah. That's pretty much it. So I mean, without going into to, like the details, but. Um, yeah, that that party was like insane. And then they had so <laughs> so it starts out with this guy who's trying to get an elephant to this party, right? And so but they think the people that are transporting the elephant think that he needs a horse. So we're like what we're watching the scene where they're going up this hill. I'm assuming in Hollywood. It's very deserty, dusty out, you know. And the guy who's supposed to be transporting the horse, which is actually an elephant, is like the 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 truck starts like careening down the hill because the they use like a rope, like a flimsy rope to attach these two cars to like get this elephant up the hill. But naturally the rope actually it wasn't even the rope. It was like the metal part like came like and like hook. Yeah, it like like became flat because there was so much pressure against it and i was like this is gonna go bad like this is gonna go so wrong so then they're trying to push this elephant up the hill in this truck and the elephant starts fucking shitting all over this guy and it was so disgusting so that was like the first thing where i was like okay so this is the kind of movie this is the thing is i was um, was a little scared by that too (laughs) that did not shock me because I've been around long enough to know that if an elephant is in a movie, there's gonna be shit. <laughs> That's if a big animal is in a movie, they're gonna do a uh, scatological humor. <laughs> like they can't resist. Yeah. So yeah, when the yeah. elephant, I mean, I think it was gross when they showed the elephant's butt like expelling the the he, shit. Yeah. And, and this movie was just altogether too full of shit and piss <laughs> yes. and other fluids. But yes. Yes. Yeah. I was not shocked at all that the elephant went to the bathroom because they I guess I wasn't like, like really I said either. Like, that they can't I would actually be shocked if they didn't if he didn't go to the bathroom right right you know? yeah. yeah but it like it got all over the guy and like ugh, it was so nasty and so then this like next scene is this woman who I think her name is Jane yeah Jane. and which I I I recognize her she's Phoebe Tonkin she is um she was in that show um she was in vampire diaries or something like that or like 
the originals. I don't know if she was in Vampire Diaries, but she was part of that whole like Vampire Diaries universe. So I did recognize her. And she's actually BFFs with Teresa Palmer in real life. When And if you see pictures of them together, they're very, very cute. <laughs> um, but so I like recognized her and I was like, is that fe-? like, and I couldn't remember her name. But so like the first scene, she's like pissing all over this guy. Okay. I told Mike, <laughs> well, Mike said he read the Wikipedia page and he said something about a golden shower. And I said, there's a golden shower in the first 15 minutes. Yep. So in, if you're like, what's this movie going to be like? Right. That's yeah. like a gauge. <laughs> yes, and yes, it's not yes. just like, oh, you can kind of tell it's a golden shower. Like she pisses on him for a while. Oh, yeah. And, and he's in, like, like into on it. his face <laughs> a little bit. Body and face. He's into it. Yeah. Yeah. It's because because she straddles him. And I thought because I did remember reading like that they were like people were speculating or debating whether it should have been rated nc-17 so i thought oh. there was going to be a lot of sex or something in it right so in that first scene I she didn't think there was any she straddles well there was a lot of sex but in the, just, in the, like, yeah but not like an intimate there was never like an intimate there scene wasn't like between. a sex scene between two right. of the main characters right yeah but um yeah there's definitely a lot of like there was a lot of nudity and a lot of sex and there was that woman that was singing the my girl's pussy song so (laughs) well anyway so the woman like straddles the guy Mm -hmm. and i thought okay gonna be a sex scene nope she just starts i thought so too yeah and i was wondering if you thought that maybe that was supposed to be like a fatty Arbuckle type maybe character yeah. or something. Yeah, could be. So I was thinking like initially Orson Welles because his name is Orville like Pickwick or Picking or something. Um, but I don't. I think that's a I little. I don't think Orson Welles was uh, that big. He was. Yeah, big, I don't but think he, wasn't, he was. He wasn't at that. Yeah, he wasn't that at that guy, point that yet. That guy was like obese, right? And yeah. he and I don't think Orson Welles was in silent films either, was he? I don't know. I don't know. I don't know enough about Orson Welles' life, but Me I either. feel like. I don't I don't think that is a thing. I think that he started out in radio and then he went to film. So anyway, from the the little I know about Orson Welles. Um yeah, I was wondering if that was like a fatty Arbuckle type or whatever. Um, but it, it was just it, it was like not at all surprising to me that she had ended up um overdosing or like i was like of course there's going to be an overdose at this party there's literally piles of cocaine like <laughs> yeah. if someone uh, doesn't overdose or die was this really a party <laughs> you know what i mean like, that's kind of what it felt like and um and everyone was smoking and i went home that night and I smoked a cigarette. Nice. An herbal cigarette. <laughs> and it was great. That's good. I went home that night and I had some beer and my fancy glasses. <laughs> the party was too awesome. You were, I know. The that fancy party glasses was like, and the, like, the. It was just like the coloring of it too. Like everything was yeah. gold and like red. red. And like, and, and I, I really liked Nellie from the beginning. Mm-hmm. And I knew that she was kind of like the wild child. You know, she was, and that's, I think, what they called her too. Um, and she was, she wasn't dressed in a way that they thought was like appropriate over time or whatever. And so they were trying to like change her. And I was like, this is going to go badly. But I liked that she was that way i like that she dressed kind of provocatively and it was like because she wasn't like trashy or like i hate to use this word but like whorish <laughs> you know what i mean she was just having a good time you know what i mean she's like running around she's dancing she's laying on the floor she's like doing cocaine she's fun and um 
And I also love Margot Robbie. So there's that. There was like when I like I was like yeah. Margot Robbie's in this. I'm definitely going to see this. It was pretty much if Margot Robbie's in a movie, more than likely I will I will probably end up seeing it because I just think she's fantastic. And I've, I've never seen a performance of hers that I was like not into. I think she's just amazing. Yeah, <laughs> you know? I agree. I also think like Damien Chazelle, the director, has now solidified himself for me as somebody who I will seek out. Mm-hmm. Um, Big oh, time. <laughs> he made, so he made Whiplash, La La Land, Babylon, three great movies. He also made First Man, which I didn't really care for, oh. which I think I've talked about. That was um, with Ryan Gosling? Yeah. Okay. But I think um, he has a, a lot of passion. He kind of reminds me of like um, maybe a more um, young Quentin Tarantino with his passion like his passion really comes through in his movies. I mean, geez, I can see Whiplash that. It's like it, Whiplash is, is like passion defined, you know, and, and oh, this yeah. movie, you can yeah. tell that he just has a deep, deep, deep love for cinema and Hollywood. And, and I think he makes really cool, really good movies most of the time. And uh, mm. so I, I think it kind of solidified <laughs> him for me as a director that I will cross the street for i guess you'd say like oh, yeah you know yeah, like for him, sure. him and christopher nolan and uh so sever tenant and yeah see they both but have what does the picture make you feel every every director has to have one right and oh, uh, yeah, so yeah. i think and i love 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 old hollywood stories i love movies about movie making that was one of my favorite aspects of this movie is just the love letter to Hollywood and the love letter to old Hollywood and and something I also really love is people being on the ground floor and or the cusp of something that's changing the world but they don't fully realize it yet and I think that um, I really liked the monologue that Gene Smart gave to so Gene Smart played um, what was her name? Eleanor 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 St. John who was Mm -hmm. like a gossip columnist she reminded me a lot of Rita Skeeter from uh, Harry Potter which was she wasn't a big part in the move in the movies, but she was in the books a bigger part anyway. Mm. So, but she had kind of that like yeah, she, like a and, little bit of like a I'll do whatever it takes vibe to get mm-hmm. my story, you know? Yeah. And Jack Brad Pitt's character Jack Conrad near the end of the movie, she she did a write up about him being kind of like washed up and like his best days were behind him, and he went to her office and he was kind of like, "What are you doing? Like you know, like we're on the same team. Why are you doing this?" And she, I thought she gave a really nice speech about like, "I did too." Listen, our time is done. Like it's it's a new breed. It's a new generation coming yeah. up, and you know, years from now, decades from now, a kid is going to find one of your movies and he's going to thread it through a projector, and you're going to be alive again. And I thought that that was a really poignant and beautiful thing. And and I, the thing I also liked about it was that. I, you could tell Jack was affected by what she was saying, but I don't know if he was affected in a good way or a bad way because he yeah. killed himself like really soon yeah, after. Yeah. So I think she meant it to be a thing of beauty. Like you're going to live forever. You know, don't despair because you are, you have a legacy that will outlive everyone. And she said that, you know, everyone on these movies will die, but you will live on. You yeah. Know? Yeah. And I thought that that was really interesting and and so that's what i mean like i think his passion really comes through and i think that's why he kind of reminds me i mean like they make totally different movies like him and tarantino but you can tell they're just big dorks and i really <laughs> I appreciate it, that because i, I we think, are like, also big dorks i like so thinking about i like thinking about 
him like just loving movies so much that he even though he's a movie maker he can't stop m- like he needs to talk about movies in his movies and i think yeah, that that's, that's i mean that's kind of really like cool what you know once upon a time in hollywood was was it was um like a love letter to yeah. Hollywood. I mean, essentially, I he reminds me. I can totally, totally see the Tarantino thing. He also, and really, only specifically in this movie, reminded me a lot of Baz Luhrmann. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, I yeah. can see that. Um, yeah, I think you know, definitely Baz not Lerman, in Whiplash, like, but well, I mean, Baz Luhrmann does have some more milder films, but most of his stuff is very like you know, Great Gatsby and Moulin Rouge is very. What is that? I just I don't know. I just. I was like, I just before we go further, I want to say something about how what um, what Eleanor had said to Jack and like what you had said about how, you know, you're you'll live on in your movies or whatever. And I I feel like that's pretty relevant to like my life because I started to become into Queen when I was like in high school, you know, Mm -hmm. and even though Freddie Mercury died in 1991, there was something about his music and his singing that just like it it just like pulls you in and it was like he was alive again you know what i mean and and every time i listen to queen every time it's always just like it's like spiritual you know like there's you're just so talented and they're just so and he was just such a great singer and there's no one else like him and there never will be anyone else like him he was so talented you know so i really i like i kind of like i really love that whole thing of like sure you might die in in body but in spirit you'll still always be alive you know what i mean and and just that legacy of of you know leaving a lot of really great stuff behind you know mm-hmm. and yeah. the next generations like what um eleanor had said can appreciate it and yeah so um let's see yeah i really think that so jack is like a mega star in yeah. silent films and this movie is a really interesting tale about just like this the switch from silent films to talkies yeah and how a lot of really big stars lost their careers because they couldn't they they weren't as good acting or they didn't have good voices and like and i think that that's that was a really interesting uh aspect of the movie as well like did you ever see the artist no but i wanted to yeah the artist was was about that and um obviously they they play they're like manny is watching singing singing in the rain at the end and that was has like a similar tale you know thrown in weaved in um and so, I, but I also like how Jack, like when Jack meets that Asian woman in the hotel near the end, and he was like, they were sort of reminiscing, and and he was like, it was it was great, wasn't it? You know, like and he's talking about like we'll look up her name, Hollywood in the nineteen, like the late nineteen twenties, and it's sort of like a good old days reminiscent aspect, but not in a, not in like a oh stop talking about the good old days. It's like, did you ever see the movie Pirate Radio? Um. No, I've never There's seen that one. There's a scene where Philip Seymour Hoffman is talking to a kid, and he's like, you know what I realized the other day? Oh, Lady Feiju the- is her name, by the way. Lady Feiju. Oh, okay. Lady Fei. He says, I just I realized the other day that these are the best days of our lives, and it's a terrible thing to know, because once you realize it, you know that it's, you know, it's like... You know that it's going to end. It's fleeting, and, right. and things aren't... It, this is the peak, and I think that... 
in this movie there's this aspect of them looking back at like the pinnacle the heyday of this career and their lives and everything was swirling and everything was moving so fast and they didn't realize what they had or maybe they kind of did but then it was gone all the same and i think that that's really poetic and and so i i think that (laughs) if you know, I, I think that this movie is... Po- I know this movie is polarizing because a friend of mine said that he he knew someone who walked out within the first hour. And I know that critics yeah, are sort see, of loving I, it or hating it. Like, literally loving it or wait, hating it. I have it. to tell you real quick. Because you had told me that before we started watching the movie. And the entire time I was like, so what part made them leave? You know what I mean? I was like, wondering I couldn't, that like, as well. I was like... Well, I Because I liked it. I enjoyed the entire film. Like, sure, I didn't love the scatological or well, the peeing stuff. But... I could see people leaving like it, it kind of offends your sensibilities if you're if you have a certain like pe- I can see why people wouldn't like it. Yeah. Yeah. I know. I definitely but can too. Yeah. I, um, this isn't something I'd recommend to like my parents. My mom asked me because I told my mom we were going to go see it. And and she's like, oh, let me know how that is because I've heard a lot of different things. And so I was talking to them yesterday and I was like, it is shocking. Um, it's it's extreme. It's yeah. and then we, the Golden Globes were on last night, and a couple of the actors were nominated, and they'd showed like quick still frames of them in the movie. And I was I said to my mom, those are probably the only three frames they can show, <laughs> you know. Yeah, so yeah. I prepared her, but they're adults. But I didn't recommend it to them. I didn't say you should go right. see it. I was like kind of trying to be like maybe don't because I don't think my dad would like it. I think yeah, my mom I, would be okay with it, but I don't think my dad would like it. But anyway, see, it's a reverse. I think my dad is, might like it, but my mom would definitely yeah. not like it. Like my and I don't think my dad would probably like it either. But I definitely know without a doubt that my mom would be like, "Why did you recommend this movie to me?" And I'd be like, "Sorry." Yeah, <laughs> like my so bad. I think that the movie is very polarizing, and with good reason. I totally get it. But woven into this shocking, in-your-face stuff is a quite really interesting, beautiful story of kind of a sad yet like a sad yet joyful story. Like the mm-hmm. movie montage at the end that just shows like decades of of movies upon movies upon movies is like it's like stuff like that really chokes me up like it really gets me like when you when i'm watching award shows and they show like montages of movies i'm just like this is the magic like if you could ever like try to capture the magic you know like you might get a glimpse of it of the feeling that people feel when they go to the movies or how movies shape society or how movies like a kid can see a movie when they're like six years old and they'll still love it when they're 40 and stuff like that is so beautiful and you really can't like it's it's ethereal it's like you know it's in everybody's like little brain ozone like nobody can really describe it but i think movies like this sort of come close but i think that you know this movie is obviously under a layer of like extremity of extreme things but it's just like it's it's um i think it i don't know i just really I really like when I can see that shining through and I think it's it's really cool. Me too. Yeah, and he he's watching this and he's getting all like emotional and he's crying mm-hmm. and at the end and um and it, it's just I don't know. I really I like this film a lot and I really like and as like what you said I really like seeing a movie where you're just seeing that passion for the like the love of the the love of the film you know and i certainly know if i've seen a movie that i really really like it like holds a special place in my heart and it's 
such an intense love for that film, you know? And it's like, I don't understand people that don't like movies. <laughs> you know what oh I mean? Oh my gosh. When people say, <laughs> I don't really watch movies, I'm like, <gasps> I know. Do you just like, sit in the dark? What do you do? <laughs> <laughs> like, what? What do you do? Like, like, do you eat? Like, when you eat dinner, do you just like sit in silence? <laughs> You're like, this is disgusting. You're like, disgusting. Get are you telling me? Are you telling me you've never watched a movie in like 20 minute increments over the course of six days because you didn't have time to watch the whole thing, but you yes. wanted to watch it so badly? That's never happened to you. <laughs> I know. For like, I I don't get it. Um, and I have this one like acquaintance friend that he's like, I don't really watch movies, and I was like, why? Why don't why? <laughs> and he's like, why? Well, I like Mamma Mia, and I was like, okay, <laughs> okay. Right. Well, I mean, Mamma Mia, it's a movie. It's something. <laughs> It sure is a movie. You know what? <laughs> no, Mamma Mia was fun in its own right, and I can understand why people like it. I can definitely understand why people like it, but, like, that's your favorite movie? <laughs> you know, like, out of all the other movies out there, Mamma Mia is your favorite? So, yeah, I, and I, I liked how, so, Nellie sort of comes to the party, and she's not invited, because she's saying she's a bigger star than she actually is at this point. <laughs> mm-hmm. and, uh, and then the young woman jane oh yeah jane played by uh, phoebe tonkin yeah jane ods and so flea who i said to lauren is that flea and she's like <laughs> the entire I'm not movie sure. we were like is it him is it, it him it looks him? like him but i'm not sure and then it was him so he plays like a like a heavy for this big producer and i guess the producer was maybe supposed to be like william randolph hearst or yeah something. i think so or something but like that but it was just yeah. a fictionalized name and and home and um so flea was like well this woman is supposed to be on set tomorrow and and you know she was they had to take her to the hospital who knows if she lived or died but flea was like we don't we never find out we gotta find somebody else to take her part and so he sees nelly played by margot robbie robbie dancing and he's like her and i really like that how she like gets her big break because somebody od'd and she's dancing and making a spectacle of herself and they give her like this (laughs) paper and they're like get some sleep you have to be on set in three hours and i was like oh my gosh i know she is coked out of her mind she's who knows how far away from home she is i know like (laughs) she probably got like an hour of sleep Mm -hmm. um and then we never find out whose car she's driving because she goes she's like don't worry it's not my car she crashed it like twice (laughs) she backed into things yeah (laughs) she's terrible but i can't imagine if jane had survived how she would have woken up and been like, I just totally fucked myself over so hard by doing all those drugs last night. Because, you know, I mean, I'm I'm just going to make a wild assumption and I feel like I'm not super wrong here. But I felt like maybe she had gotten the role because she was um, Orville's pee partner. Pee buddy. Could be. Um, and like it, it would like and she's beautiful i mean she's a beautiful girl and but it, it just it, well in the role like wasn't really like a speaking role i mean it kind of was but she talked to herself in the mirror right right and that's about it yeah so yeah. um so yeah so then nelly has to like run home and she lives in this absolutely it like, looks looks like, like a crap she, I thought festival she, i apartment. thought she lived in an abandoned house yeah. it was so filthy and it was like gross. nasty and she like literally just rolls out of bed just runs like i was in like no clothes. changing clothes yeah. no brushing her teeth like just 
she's uh she's just like i gotta go i mean she probably had what like an hour of sleep last night she's probably, probably still running on yeah like, she's cocaine. probably still high <laughs> oh yeah she's yeah. definitely still high drunk whatever yeah. yeah and um did she she didn't live with her dad did it she it looked like she did he she was did. there okay. yeah eric okay. roberts played yeah. her dad and i wanted to ask so later in the movie when manny finds her when they run into each other in new york when she's like a big star and she gives him a ride in her car she says something that really disturbed me and she says um when i was younger i was i got ready to go out with my friends and my dad made me stay home which is really weird because i'm like why would he want me i'm less pretty than my mom my mom is prettier than me and i was like in my head i thought did she just allude to the fact that her dad like sexually abused her did she yikes yeah i did catch that and i remember being like what it also kind of explains her extreme behavior and how she she got so angry with him when they were at that party and he was telling a story about fighting a snake and it seemed like she got she must have heard it a bunch of times and she was like you should fight a snake for real and they go yeah find the cobra but um or the rattlesnake i mean so i was wondering if if he sexually abused her because that line was pretty blatant and it was pretty straightforward yeah yeah i think that that sounds like a possibility um i mean either way this girl was fucked up you know, mm-hmm. like yeah. she had drug addiction. She had a gambling addiction. She was $85,000 in debt. And that was 1930s money. Yeah. Um, like, so who know? Like, I, w- I don't know. Actually, I want to look it up because I love I love doing the conversion. Let's see. Um, oh, my God. <laughs> it's pretty much one point five million. Jeez. Yeah. Oh my so gosh. that's a lot of money. So, um, so yeah, she, I mean, she was like people that have healthy, normal childhoods don't have to go to that behavior because they are, they have the, um, ability and the tools to be able to deal with trauma, like to deal with stress and trauma and stuff like that, um, as adults. But someone who's younger and has that experience her whole life, I could see, you know, I mean, that would kind of make sense as to why she was like such a wild child. She was dressing very um, provocatively um, that maybe she was, it's a lot. I mean, you, you can kind of tell that a lot of it is like attention thing, like attention seeking with her. Um, And I think that, I mean, it didn't seem like her relationship with her dad was healthy at all. And I even got like, Lohan dad vibes from it, you know, like Lindsay Lohan's oh. dad. Just, oh yeah, like yeah, just like taking over. Yeah, like he fame. was like, oh, yeah. I'm. I mean, it was it was like I'm Nellie Leroy's father. You know, like mm-hmm. we're gonna like, open a restaurant based on her yeah. character, the Wild Child. Yeah, yeah, and it was just like, I mean, and her he, mom was in like a sanita- sanatorium. Yeah, and so we don't know. And she like, so she goes to see her mom, and she like says hi, and the mom just stares at her, and she's like, mm-hmm. she's totally out. She's not. She probably was like lobotomized. super catatonic, yeah. but yeah, maybe yeah. yeah, you could be. That could be <laughs> totally spot on because that was that was when they were really into the lobotomies. Uh, by the way, I found a poster that says "Love, Laugh, Lobotomy," and I was like, <laughs> I need this in my life. <laughs> this is so delightfully macabre. I love it. Um, so I, uh, it was like on Etsy or Amazon. I don't, I didn't buy it. But. Yeah, she did say she said when she was eighty five thousand dollars in debt. Manny was like, "You're Nellie Leroy. You have the money." And she's like, "No, I don't." Yeah. And she she lists a couple things, and then she says like, "My dad's restaurant." So you know, her dad's like right. just bilking her basically 
for everything she has. And it's, it seemed to me like he made the restaurant because he thought it was going to make money. And then it ended time. up not like it ended up being more difficult than he thought it was going to be to run. Because yeah. restaurants are really well, hard to run. Her image was so <laughs> got so tarnished. Yeah. So, yeah. you know, people aren't she's not the it golden girl anymore. And right various things well and they were so. trying to like they were trying to make her like go from this jersey girl to like this refined you know like eliza doolittle they're eliza yeah my I fair ladying her essentially i could see their point a little bit i can too because she was legitimately wild and she had a gambling problem and she she got into a lot of little troubles here and there all the time so yeah. if you get in trouble if you get into a little trouble once or twice it's still a little trouble but if you get into a little trouble 500 times or you end up like 1.5 million (laughs) so yeah so she becomes she's not like she's not an investment anymore and also you know they had that really fun but so that scene so let's talk about the scene where they first they're filming their first movie with sound and Which, the sound wait, guy, I have to say really quick, I totally forgot silent films were a thing. And so that first scene when you see all of them filming at once, I was like, that sound is going to be awful. Oh, and then yeah. they were like silent films. And I was like, oh, duh, right. Silent films were a thing. Hello. Right. Like, yeah. And I, to- like, I totally forgot about that. So, yeah. Anyway, what were you, what were you saying the first film well, that they were doing so with sound? She comes out and she, <laughs> and it reminded me of when I come over to your house and we're going to record. And I'm like, I hear a fan. I hear another fan. I hear a fan. And the sound guy was like, stop. Who's moving their leg? Who's moving their leg? And he says to the director, like, do you have a pin in your leg? Did you break your leg? Don't keep your leg away from the microphone and stuff like that. Because all the equipment was like so sensitive and old fashioned. Not for the time. It was new for the time. But um, and then she starts talking and she's either too loud or she's not. She doesn't enunciate well or she's got her accent. And so she wasn't like it it wasn't it was it was a different world at that right. point like so they were trying and they to didn't clean have any up. air conditioning in there because yeah and like and they, everyone was sweating so much and they were like we can't have ac because it's too loud mm-hmm. so and then there's a guy that's in the box that's like i think where the camera was right like a sound box or yeah, something i'm not sure what it was dies of like <laughs> like he he's like, probably suffocated yeah, or something or he, yeah because he was like well he comes out and he's like i'm gonna have a heart attack and the dude just goes nope shoves him back in and then and they like take him out or they like at a certain point i'd be like you cannot shove me in here yeah so i know i don't, I don't know understand why, that why didn't he didn't fight back i would be like i'm gonna die yeah like i can't stay in here like i'm gonna die and then you he know? did and, die and, and then he did yeah. die yeah i don't know so, why he didn't fight harder on that either i would have been like don't like, fucking this is touch a matter me. of life and yeah, yeah like let me breathe and so she couldn't make it in and then and then she overhears people talking and and it really hurts her feelings but it's probably pretty accurate they're like they have to keep did you hear that when she's on set they have to keep they have to keep doing scenes over and over again because she doesn't know her lines very well or she stumbles or she's this or she has or her accent and something <clears throat> And so she's just not like the image. And well, and also she went from silent films where she didn't have to learn a script. Right. You know, so Mm -hmm. she's going all of a sudden from all she has to do is show up, act a certain way. And they will, you know, they they have the little like PowerPoint. (laughs) 
you know, like slides that show like oh, what the they're words. saying. Yeah. yeah, I don't. I thought that was really interesting how yeah. they were hand painted and then Me too. filmed. I thought it was cool to see how that was, awesome. was put together, like how silent films came together. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. I I would have never guessed hand painted, but that makes a lot of sense. Yeah, it's not like they're printing stuff. Yeah, they, they don't, don't have, have like that. a Microsoft yeah. Word or whatever. Yeah, I, <laughs> yeah. yeah. No, I agree. With you. I feel the same that's way. I was like, of course, that's how they would do it. Why? Why wouldn't I right. think that? Yeah. And uh, yeah, so like in silent films, she made a name for herself because she could emote so well. Like she was like, they're like, can you cry? And she'd go like one tear or two, you know, mm-hmm. and she was able to like do really emotional yeah. face acting. Basically, I like that there's also a female director too. Yeah, I wonder I was how like accurate that, that was. Yeah, I, I didn't if that know was if that a thing was, back then. It didn't feel accurate, it but didn't I liked feel it. Accurate to me either, but I liked it as well. I liked it. I was like, cool. Um, she. Uh, the actress <laughs> kind of reminded me of um, uh, Elena from Morbid because I know what they look like, you know, they look social media and stuff like that. And I was like, that girl looks a little, I mean, a little bit, a little bit, but I thought that was kind of funny that she kind of had a passing resemblance to her. But I couldn't tell if Nellie was like on like smut films at first or if that was like Hollywood major motion pictures because she was like lifting up her skirt and dancing yeah. a lot. And but but then. I well, guess maybe, maybe it was supposed to be that's why they said wild child she was supposed to be like falling from grace in the movie or something I don't know I don't know but I mean that whole like I really loved that whole chaotic like scene with all those um, they were they were filming this like gigantic battle and then one guy gets like <laughs> impaled on like a yeah sphere. like like Ben-Hur somebody died yeah making Ben-Hur yeah I yeah. mean and, and it's just I think it's really there's a lot of like especially early like 1900s there's so much there's so many stories that you hear about all these like unsafe you know working conditions like because i've you know i've talked about well like i've talked to you about like the triangle shirtwaist factory fire and that started osha and that was in like 1914 i think or something 1915 so it was you know really early 1900s um there there just seems to be this lack of care about i mean these you know they're these like um these people from skid row so they're they're already people who are like suffering if skid row is anything like it is now it's a bad place and a lot of people go there like in i don't know if this was the same in the 20s but i'm just gonna assume because it seemed like all these men were super dirty looked like they hadn't been cleaned in forever mm-hmm. and I mean, there was like one point where they're all like running after and who were they chasing? Yeah, Manny. So um, and then one guy who you're kind of assuming is from Skid Row dies and everyone's just like, oh, well, it's not really our problem. (laughs) Well, they were like trying to think they were manipulating the story. Yeah, yeah. they they were were like, like, he ran ran into into it himself. Mm -hmm. Yeah, because it was so chaotic. (laughs) And oh, that was he ran into my knife. He ran into my knife. (laughs) Ten times. Spike Jones was that director, the German director. Oh, okay, okay. So he played okay, the, he okay. played that director, okay. and this story is interesting, and I, I want to kind of go back. So Brad Pitt, Brad Pitt. Okay, there's a few things that I have to say, and it all sort of ties in. So I okay, want to just say it now. It. So I felt like one of the things that was really lacking in this movie was um, you said that Manny was the main character, and I thought that maybe that's correct in some capacity. But he really, I thought Brad Pitt had a much more in-depth storyline. And in my mind, Brad Pitt is actually the main character, but he's hidden. They hid it. And I think, because I I think one of the big pitfalls and grievances that I have with the movie is that Nellie and Manny have barely 
any character development or storyline. Yes, we I agree see with them, that. We see them in chaotic, wild scenes throughout these years that the movie takes place, and we have a couple little moments between them, very, very, very small. And Manny, they kind of open up the movie on him, but they don't spend a lot of time, like, watching. You know, we don't get to know him. Like, we don't... The only thing we know is that he wants to be involved in movies because he wants to be a part of something bigger right. that lasts. And that's poetic, and that's a, an interesting thing, but we, the, we don't know much beyond that. And he actually becomes kind of unlikable near the end when he's yeah. the big executive and he's trying to help... And he fires Lady Faye for because she's gay. gay. Yeah, And... So I think that in my mind, Brad Pitt is the true main character because he has a much better story and a much more in-depth story. So he goes to this party Mm -hmm. at the beginning and he, we don't know why, and I think this is interesting because they never tell us, he just keeps speaking Italian. And Olivia (laughs) Wilde plays his wife at the time and she's like, if you say another word in Italian... I'm going to divorce you. And so he says an English word and she's happy, but then he starts speaking Italian again. <laughs> and then he goes into the party and he's right. like talking to people and he's like, my wife is divorcing me And he like again. does not care. He's like, yeah. what? Because I, mean, I think this if happened. he really cared, he would have oh, stopped speaking of Italian. Yeah, I mean, but like, she was screaming at him. You can like, tell that he probably falls in love and out of love within the span of like maybe six days. Yeah, I, could, each see, woman. I could see that. Yeah. So he meets, so a woman, a, a waitress comes up to him and she's, she does something and i didn't even really fully grasp what she did but he's like don't do that why are you doing that i don't know what she did i have no idea what that line pertained to it's a mystery to me as i was watching it i was like why did he say that but then she's like i just wanted you to look my way and then they're later oh, they're i having think it's because she um she like leans forward oh, and she's very like cleavage okay. and he's like, like why are you doing her that breasts in his face. yeah like she's like oh hello mister i keep yeah. calling parsons jack parsons i think it's a different person but jack conrad she's like look at my cleavage and he's okay. like okay but i already would have noticed you or yeah. something like that and and then you see them having sex on the balcony later but he says to maybe leaf lady lee what's her name lady lee Faye. lady Faye. I, I think just gotta look it up again because I'm I don't want to get it wrong. Lady Faye Zhu. Okay, Zhu. So he says something to her and he's sort of wistful and he's like, That woman over there, she was she was real with me. She was authentic. She was honest with me. People are never honest with me. So you can tell that he wants something deeper, mm-hmm. which he's not gonna find with his philandering, you know. No, definitely and, not. And or so speaking Italian you when your wife that, is screaming at you to shut the fuck up. Yeah, <laughs> you get that immediately. And then he spends all night at this party getting drunk out of his mind, having sex with this stranger, and then he has Manny drive or they have Manny drive him home because he's too drunk. And then he, he presumably sleeps for a couple hours well, and Manny is he, sitting did there. You, he goes into the pool almost he like falls, fully clothed. He falls from like the second story into the pool. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. That's right. Yeah. And then he just goes and he lies on his bed and he's still fully dressed wet and soaking the, yeah. wet. And I then, was like, how? And then Manny, like he's like, he says to Manny, like, I want you to drive me to the studio today for filming or to, to set today and Manny kind of falls asleep on a chair and then all of a sudden Jack is like alright time to go and I'm like he cleans up so nice like he looked like Brad you know Pitt what? again and I, you know why I think that is is because I don't think he ever stopped drinking yeah I no, think well, he sure, drinks he from him, morning yeah, to night I think he's a functioning alcoholic yeah. yeah and so and then you know you just and then as the movie goes he, his best friend George 
mm-hmm. has all these suicide attempts because he's, he keeps meeting women who he falls in love with, but they don't fall in love I know. with him. George and then got, George. George, I kind of felt was like this pathetic character. Like, I, I, I mean, yeah, I don't think I, that was off base. I think he okay, was supposed yeah, to be pathetic. It was, yeah. I mean, it was, I'm not saying that people who commit suicide are pathetic in any way. I'm just saying like, he just was so... Just well, kind of like, get, oh, girls don't like me. And I was like, yeah, well, he was like an incel. Maybe kind of a mopey, he annoying an guy. He was incel in the, <laughs> yeah. the 1920s. And he was a little bit, yeah. And he he eventually succeeds at killing himself, and that really affects Jack. And yeah. Jack, <laughs> through the course of the movie, has like two additional wives. And, right. And the Hungarian woman. Which you miss this. Just really quick. But you miss this. But you remember the scene where they're all singing? Oh, yeah. And like, so... You were in the bathroom when this happened, but she is like in one of the upper rows, and he looks back at her and she, and she goes, "Fuck you!" Like it, like she mouths it to <laughs> wow. him, and he was like, "Okay." And so she really did not like yeah. him. Well, she was the one that was breaking all his shit and running, you know, like and, and screaming and yelling at him in Hungarian, and they couldn't understand each other because he speaks English and she speaks Hungarian. Yeah, and so it was like, I mean, the whole relationship was not going to work out from the beginning if you've, like, if if you both speak somewhat of the same language you might be able to work it out but like if you that's going to be a huge communication like that you are not going to be able to cross you know like an Mm -hmm. ocean of non-communication um and yeah so i think and then george kills himself and Mm -hmm. so it really affects jack and jack is i think that was like like his turning point for him yeah and then he also is recording like he's filming these talkies and people started laughing at him in the theater because his perfor- his delivery it's was just like so wooden <laughs> i just can we just talk about that that whole scene real sure. quick so there's like a scene where he's talking with this he's like a knight and this woman is like a princess in this in this movie that they're filming and he is saying all these you know stuff like oh i'll always love you blah 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 and as i was watching this i was like this is really bad (laughs) because first of all her body language looks like she doesn't want him to touch her yeah you know like yeah they seem like they should have been pressed together like two lovers who were like i never want to let you go but instead she was like slightly tilted away there was like an two inches two or three inches between their bodies and she was like kind of like just barely holding him and it i thought that when the when the theater did laugh at that scene i was like i probably would have too because in as i was watching that scene be filmed within the film i was just like this is awful like there's no chemistry between these two and he's just saying all these like platitudes and it wasn't like he was really trying to like change his tone or anything to make him sound more noble or more knightish like he was just kind of like babe i love you babe we should be together you know (laughs) and you're like jack you're an actor you need to do something more especially since there was that scene when all those other things are being filmed where they had to bring him to the top of the mountain to kiss that like spirit woman or whatever yeah, and yeah. that that was amazing because yeah. he was like barely able to stand up guy pull like he like is a champ like that guy just like he's like all right he's almost gonna throw up and then they start filming and he's just like not it's like he's not even drunk and he was just and he and they had this very passionate romantic kiss so you're like okay 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 like i like it but then that other scene later 
was just so just so like polarizing is a word that you're using where um it was just so opposite of this like passionate romantic you know like sexual or sexy scene and then you have this like oh please please stop (laughs) this is awkward for everyone you know like it was just so bad so um and and then he just he kind of starts making like other films like he's with that like b-level films yeah where yeah. like he the one where they were filming about the ocean or whatever the sea or he was like a sailor I, I don't know but anyway and there wasn't they didn't spend that much time on that one but he's just like it's crap it's all garbage mm-hmm. and so you're seeing this this person this character go from like the top he is like the like numero uno like everyone wants jack jack conrad everyone wants him and then all of a sudden he's just kind of like at the bottom of the barrel and people are like oh that guy's still making movies yeah yeah no i'm good you know Mm -hmm. and and that really you know hits him and i think that's probably because probably because i would say that he doesn't have a lot going in his life you know he can't maintain a relationship mm-hmm. you see him with he's like with Catherine waterston he's with the hungarian woman he's with olivia wilde and then the last one he sa- even says to lady Faye, yeah. like she's this beautiful young woman and he says to lady Faye, he's like oh it's gonna end and she doesn't know it yet and yeah something like that he says mm-hmm. something yep. like he knows how this is gonna go but yeah. she's she's young and she's innocent or she's you know she's just not aware of what kind of you know relationships he has and so she doesn't understand that eventually this is going to end you know and she this young woman probably thinks like oh my god i'm in love with jack and it's going to be forever and it's like Mm -hmm. well jack's an alcoholic and he's not in a good space Mm -hmm. because if you're an alcoholic you're not in a good space like also i don't know if you've ever (laughs) do you ever see the movie begin again with keira knightley and mark ruffalo no, but I think I wanted to see it. There's a line in it that's really interesting. So in the beginning of the movie, Kira Knightley is dating. Her boyfriend is played by Adam Levine, actually, and he's on the cusp like of from like Maroon Five. No, from the Piggly Wiggly. Oh, okay, right. Yeah, yeah from Maroon that Five. Adam, Adam Levine. Levine. Yeah, Adam the Levine. local Piggly Wiggly yeah. that we totally don't have in Michigan. No, um, <laughs> and he's on the cusp of his big break as a musician, basically, and he gets a record deal and promptly cheats on her and mark ruffalo says something that seems like an ideal role for <laughs> yeah well, Adam I don't know. <laughs> uh, hindsight but mark ruffalo says something and i'm gonna butcher the line because it's been a while since i've seen it but i thought like it was it stayed with me the behind the lines like the meaning behind it stayed with me and he says something to the effect of because she's upset she's been cheated on and he's like no your boyfriend is is going to be famous and he can never he'll never be able to love anyone ever again and so i i think that that's part of the thing you know like when you have the adoring eyes of people all over the world staring at you you know you don't even like it'd be so easy to lose track of yourself and if you lose track of yourself for so long like jack has you're you know like how do you find yourself again you're just constantly looking for this thing that you lost and it's it's almost like a trade in his life you know like you can have fame or you can have love but you can't have both and yeah and also he's an alcoholic which doesn't make it no no i mean better at all i can see like 
if I was famous, I might be so wrapped up in everyone being like madly in love with me that I'd be like, I have a new boyfriend this week. And last week is, uh, oh, Gary was so last week, sweetie. This week it's Rick. <laughs> yeah. And, like he's Hello, rich and Greta. <laughs> Hello, Greta. <laughs> um, and, uh, yeah, I mean, I could see, I could see that happening. You're just like, Especially if you're just not that person that is maybe just not into monogamy or something, you know. Um, but I can definitely he see. He didn't act like somebody who wasn't into monogamy. I mean, he got married Jack. multiple times. Yeah. Yeah. He. No. He. Uh, um, I, I think he was, he was a serial monogamist. I yeah, think he was yeah, just like, yeah, yeah. He, he didn't seem to cheat, but he just didn't seem to be able to maintain a relationship. But again, he's an alcoholic. You know, that's like, that's kind of a thing that happens with people who turn to alcohol for everything. It's it's a really, really horrible disease. And it's really difficult to stop, you know, not that I have personal experience with it. But I've seen mom a lot. Mm. <laughs> like seven times over. Um, yeah. So I have a question for you. Mm-hmm. Do you think that Nellie had a drug problem before she became famous? And I mean, like, before she got to the party and everything. She, I think, well, number one, I do because he showed her all the cocaine and she immediately knew what to do with it and peer pressured him into taking cocaine with That's her. True. Yeah. Uh, number two, her house is definitely proof that she... That place was not. Was, li- she was living. I mean, the house was disgusting. It, it was probably condemned. She didn't. She was very unkempt most of the time. I feel like she probably smelled bad most of the time. Um, she would go to set, look pretty gross. Uh, she squandered her wealth as mm-hmm. soon as she got it, which I don't think is, which seems like something that a drug person who was addicted to drugs would do. And I, yeah. So I think she had problems. I think she. Yeah, she was just she was uh, definitely an imperfect person who just got more imperfect as the movie. But yeah, yeah, I wanted more story with her and Manny, both of them, because I feel like we see Manny like Manny is resourceful and he gets a camera so they can finish shooting that battle scene. And and Manny does all these things and he he steals the the ambulance with no consequences apparently. And he he moves up the ranks of the studio, like like you said. Has a heart attack and they need that ambulance. He was like, not my fucking problem. Yeah. (laughs) So you know, people die in Hollywood. It's no big deal apparently (laughs) because yeah, they're replaceable. Eleanor Eleanor said to Jack later in that monologue that we talked about. She's like you know the cockroaches survive because they know enough to get out and manny is kind of like a cockroach i didn't really find him to be a super likable character um he pissed himself when he was like i mean who wouldn't i would do the yeah, same thing i would yeah. do the same thing I'm he, not he had a gun to, being held at him there was yeah. a gun held to him and well and also kind of like, two people just got killed people, right in front of him yeah so. and he basically like by the grace of god a bullet didn't hit him i and, okay i have um, a question about that since we're talking about it right now why the fuck? This really, it actually really bothered me. I think really you're going to ask a question me. that might be in my notes, so okay. continue. Because it really bothered me that for some reason, even though this hitman just killed an innocent man, just killed another guy, no problem, didn't even hesitate to kill them. But then for some reason, he was like, get out of LA. Yeah, I'm going to let you go. I was like, why? I think because Your he begged for his life. Is that like, yeah, but... 
it was stupid to me i was like it i was movie-fied it was very movie-fied yeah. and to me i like couldn't quite get over that i was like mm. if yeah. your whole thing is that you are being paid to murder people something tells me you're not gonna let this guy go you know like you're not gonna just be like you know what honey i feel you go live your life just don't be in la anymore mm-hmm. and it's like and then he came back 20 <laughs> years later so it's like i hope that yeah. all the people who wanted that, you dead are the gone hitman is like, he yeah. comes back 20 years later and the hitman's like man i fucking told you to stay yeah, out of la geez, yeah he brings his family you know what but like no what that's the question the question i put in my notes is like why would they even go home why wouldn't they just go to mexico like just keep going yeah just i didn't keep i didn't understand that either and so but and like the count was living in a pr- like his roommate was gross yeah, and every like the, place they every, lived was like so disgusting it was nasty the yeah. count was like a drug dealer for movie stars so he would like right. go on set and give them all kinds of drugs and stuff and so and you think funny. he'd have more money for a nicer place but it, he right. lived in like a windowless closet with he was he roommate. was kind of a weirdo like he yeah. was like she she says oh count or nelly Le, says like oh count can you whatever and he goes it's the count and she's like what He's like, it's the count. And she's like, who fucking cares? Like, like she she really like she didn't say that, but she was like, okay. Like he wanted to be called the count. I know, but I was just saying, like, he he just he was just a weird. I liked like, he him because he was like always this. wearing like an opera cape or whatever. <laughs> yes, I don't even know, like a was. nobleman's cape or something. The count. He was yeah. the count, yeah. Um but so yeah, I, I um so I d- basically i just want to finish my thought really okay. quick is okay. that we just didn't like the and then the 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 musician the jazz musician sydney sydney, sydney something sydney um palmer sydney palmer was this jazz musician who we got like he got a couple little lines here and there where he was always telling one of his the saxophone player in his band that he was playing flat all the time and then in the middle of the movie all of a sudden he's like a pivotal character in yeah, this movie and that so, was kind of strange and we never really got to see what made him tick either he got like his big and he break. was really interesting and too he, well he had yeah, an interesting story really line. so like the only character who really got any development was jack mm-hmm. but then all these other characters who the movie tried to tell us were important got barely anything and that in this movie was three hours long and i it think was that that's over like, three hours long if you have that much movie and there's that much lacking character development character development in multiple characters like that's a problem i think yeah i agree and that's a glaring problem for me because i was like why am i supposed to care about this musician because i think that they threw in they casually threw in some racist like racial issues i mean mm-hmm. where they wanted him to wear blackface because they didn't want people in the south to think it was a mixed race movie because the lights were making his skin look brighter yeah than i his wrote bands. that in one of my notes i was and like they can't move the light well, slightly like and then so so that's why he had to put blackface on and i was like right. this is a really serious storyline but we never and then he quits his job right after that and that's it and i was just like we right. never like this do justice to this storyline right. that you're having this man go through we don't care why i mean like we care why he's going through it because we you know we didn't live under a rock and we know what blackface is and we know what racism is but right. like if you're just like just think don't think about it from like a social justice standpoint think of it from a story making standpoint 
why do we care that he has to yeah. put blackface on? Yeah. Yeah. And I, I mean, I empathized from a, a human level. Like, that's got to be really, like, like you, insulting. You, I mean, yeah. Oh, mm-hmm. yeah. You've, you've already faced all of this um, backlash just for the, like, daring to be born not white, you know, essentially. He had to rise from the ranks and he was a very talented musician. Very, it was like Louis Armstrong, very major Louis Armstrong vibes. Um, and then, you know, he's being told, like, well, you have to wear this, like, weird powdery black stuff on. Yeah, like, yeah. it was just weird. Like, it was almost like shoe shine or something, but it was something else. I don't know what it was. But, um, and he just has this look like, what? Like, why do I have to do this? Why mm-hmm. do I have to? Like, it's demeaning. Yeah, it yeah. was totally demeaning. And I can understand why he quit. Um, and it was then kind of just, like, you know, playing in, like, it looked like underground lounges or something, which is, I, I can't imagine. Um, I don't know. I can't, I can't imagine living that kind of environment, but it, you're right. There was no real, there was no real reason to give a shit about him from the a narrative perspective is that you don't, um, you know, I think that he was interesting and I would have liked to learn more, but they just yeah. didn't focus on him enough, you know? And I mm-hmm. think Lady Faye would have been interesting to focus I more agree. on too. I yeah. totally agree. She was really cool and she was gay and she was like openly gay, it seemed like, you know, and she... And, and everybody in, like, the hypocrisy was interesting because everybody in the circle accepted it, but they all were like, mm, but you gotta shape up if you want to be famous. Right, right. And they didn't, and she and Nellie were having like a romantic affair and, um, and she and then Manny had to fire her because he's like, "Oh, you're gay, and no well, one wants you around here." That's She's another like, thing. Cool. That's another thing that that's another reason why I didn't. I started not liking Manny because was he firing her to save? Okay, was he firing her to save Nellie's image because he was in love with Nellie and because he wanted Nellie to be famous again, or was it basically just like I'm in love with Nellie and I want to get her out of the way? The, to me, the character development wasn't there, so I don't know what his actual motivation was. So, to me, I don't think it came from him at all. I think it came from people who were higher up than him. I think that he was just like their little because he was monkey looking, on a he string. Saw, like they you know? showed him like looking at that newspaper article that was like Nellie and Faye are they gal pals? You know, right? Gal pals. There's like, like why there's, do these two old women live together their whole there's life? like this whole like this whole like epidemic i guess you could call it like online where there's like pictures of like these two women who are clearly getting married to each other and they're like these best friends get married and i was like <laughs> um pretty sure they're they're gay like yeah. i'm pretty sure they're gay <laughs> you know? stephanie von vander crush i don't know that's the name of the person who wrote it uh i'm just guessing well the person who wrote it's husband slashed her tires to get her attention (laughs) god um wasn't that a story you sent me where a guy was like i wanted her to go on a date with me so i slashed her tires and they were telling it like it was a romantic story yeah yeah oh my god i've heard so many where they're they're like these oh my god i just read this one today i know we're kind of going off base but this guy it like had three kids with his ex-wife and like his ex-wife was like pregnant by her new husband, you know, and they had a cordial relationship. And, but so he was married to this new woman, but he had gotten a vasectomy 
And this new woman, this new wife, had no idea that he had a vasectomy and she wanted a baby. And so she's like, he's like, I keep trying with her to make a baby and i'm like what are you trying you know you have a vasectomy like and he never told his new wife that wait what is this from it was just like a am i the asshole on reddit or something like that and people were like yeah you're an asshole (laughs) like he's just like i'm trying to get her pregnant and it's not working and i know why but she doesn't and i was just like you know what i kind of hope your wife leaves you because you're a giant piece of shit you fucking asshole like who does that to someone well you know he could get it reversed yeah but it's the it's the point of the fact it's the fact of the matter that he lied to her well i mean for years he's obviously lying to her about wanting a kid as well because he could just get it to reverse right right yeah right well and he already has three kids so it's like yeah why why have four some people like him i don't know so i wanted to talk about the scenes that made me feel sick to my stomach mm-hmm. um i'll get a little bit descriptive but i'll try try to keep it it's probably actually the first scene that the first scene if you're not watching it it's probably not that gross i mean it's gross inherently but it's not it doesn't induce like so they they had the snake like she has her dad she wants her dad to fight a snake so the whole party goes out into uh that's when i left the to go to the bathroom so yeah yeah and her dad like collapsed like her dad faints and they find a um a rattlesnake and her dad faints and so then nelly goes crazy and she's like someone has to fight this snake fine i'll do it and so then she goes up to it and the rattlesnake sh- clamps onto her jugular like and she's like she's screaming and everyone's screaming and no one's doing anything right and she collapses and finally lady Faye, who is like smoking a cigarette saunters she's, over to her she's so casual yeah. she's just like whatever she saunters cut over off to that head <laughs> yeah. yeah 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 she Go cuts on. off yeah. the head of the snake mm-hmm. and then and oh, like detaches part, the fangs yeah, yeah from- it's gross it's, then you see a lot of blood I'm already, I'm actually like, I just got like. Do you want me to describe yeah. it? Yeah. Okay. So you start seeing blood pooling and it's looking a little um, coagulated because that's what happens with uh, Venom. And Lady Faye like leans down and starts sucking the blood out of Nellie's neck. Now, I have a big issue with that because that's not how that works. Once a snake bites you, you have the venom in your bloodstream and no amount of sucking at the wound is going to prevent you from getting that venom in your bloodstream. It's already there. That's interesting because I was, well, I was thinking that if it was like if it, a snake bit you on like the leg maybe you could but like that was like she was running around and that was in her like basically in the jugular was, vein it was holding so on to it her would for be a like, while it, too. W- it would have been pumping too far to oh, be yeah. sucked out but oh the, yeah yeah so i didn't even know that like that was is that just a myth the i, sucking I think so yeah oh. i'm pretty sure that you can't like i'm i'm gonna look it up just to be sure but so i'm the, pretty the, sure the noise of her sucking the venom out was slurping like like someone slurping soup or hot coffee and it was so (laughs) pornographic that's how outrageous it was the noise and it it, like just thinking i have to stop thinking about it because the noise was so disgusting and i i i can't i can't anymore i have to stop (laughs) um hold on let me see here i'm looking okay i do think so i do want to say one thing which is uh, now that i'm on it i have to talk about it so the there was one scene i have to follow with levity but then we'll go we can go back to it 
we'll go back to it. Wait, but let okay. me follow it with here. Wait, I just want to say this. Okay, so they, uh, according to New York Times, that you um, putting your mouth on a venomous wound is the last thing that you should do because Makes it just doesn't work. Because you get work. the venom yeah. in your mouth. Well, yeah. Um, so I mean, what she should have done is gone to the hospital and gotten gotten anti venom, you sure. know. But yeah. I understand, like for the movie, that's what they did. But I, I'm just like, whenever I see stuff like that, I'm like, that is not how that fucking works. Like yeah. that, you cannot do that. Like you, again, once the snake has bit you, it is in your system. The it's circulating through your system, and you have not a lot of time to get to the hospital because you about to well, die. Well, she was foaming at the mouth. Yeah. So I feel like it was too late to suck the venom. But maybe it was supposed to be like all these men failed Nellie, and the only one who didn't fail her is Lady Faye. And then they right. started. And then you do get a scene of them later where Lady Faye is helping her with her pronunciation, so mm-hmm. she's not like. You know, there's that classic scene, if anyone's seen Singing in the Rain, where the woman is giving, like, diction lessons, and she's like, I can't stand him. And the actress is like, I can't stand him. Well, yeah. so... It was major, like, in the rains so, in Spain fall mainly on the plains. Yeah, <laughs> and so Lady Faye is helping her, but they're sitting on a bed, and it's kind of an intimate, like, oh, you can time, tell yeah. that they're... Like, and I think... It was maybe like a real, like maybe her first real caring relationship. But yeah. You, you get so little of it. Like it's so brief and, the, you know, and they could have developed. It would have been a, it would have been sweet to watch them develop their relationship too. Mm-hmm. Because uh, first of all, I was never really on board with Manny and Nellie being in a relationship because there wasn't really any sort of like development with that. Well, it was unequal. Like he yeah. loved her because he was star, like he was starstruck by right. her, just her charm and her zest for life and everything but she i don't think she ever really loved him no and he told her that he was like i love you i love you i love you always he was saying in spanish te te amo te amo te amo siempre i think siempre it means always um and um and yeah and she's like okay cool (laughs) she's like neat Mm -hmm. thanks buddy friend yeah (laughs) you know yeah yeah he and uh and I think that I th- I didn't mind necessarily like that storyline because because it was so one sided that at the end it kind of made sense that she just walked away from the entire thing. Mm-hmm. I thought she was crazy for doing that, but it also seemed like Nellie was she was just never in the right mindset, and she was well, a very and, damaged young woman. Her you know? and Jack are like two sides of the same coin, you know. Oh, like big she's time. a famous person. She probably could never love someone ever. Yeah, and, and if she's she was an addict, sexually assaulted by her dad. Yeah, you know, I mean, she's an addict. She's lived in squalor. Her dad yeah. treated her badly. She's she gambled all of her money away. Um, but I realized something as I was telling that story. So there's a scene, maybe the best scene in the entire movie. Jack goes to the bathroom. He's in he's in a public bathroom or like a bathroom at a party, and he he sees somebody who's like a movie producer or executive or something, and they're talking. And the guy was like, "Yeah, talkies are the next big thing. Like that's the sound in movies. This is this is where things are going." And Jack is like, "Sound in movies? Do you think people really want that?" And then somebody in the stall in a bathroom stall behind them has like a diaphragm event. An explosive diaphragm. It was so perfect, and it, 
I think it's slightly more subtle than I'm describing it, but it's the message is clear and it made me laugh out loud. Like it's so perfect. And well, like, I think maybe especially since the guy that was in that stall was in there the entire yeah, time while yeah. they're talking and then all of a sudden it's like diarrhea explosion. I know you like, yeah it's just like a sudden onslaught of like huge wet farts and you're like oh okay <laughs> and then in a bathroom. <laughs> and now that i'm thinking about it is that the two things that made me want to throw up were audio related and i wonder if the part of the reason the audio was so detailed in this movie is just to like maybe like with subtext paint a picture of how right how much things changed and how pivotal sound in movies has become obviously but um yeah but yeah, yeah. so the second I like scene, how he's like are you sure people are gonna want want to watch sound and i was like oh sweetie <laughs> like honey baby <laughs> well it's yes. like anything you know like yeah why would someone want to carry around a phone so they could talk to everybody anytime you well, know that's what I mean? like it's um, the same thomas edison when he started out showing his moving pictures um they were like 10 second long they weren't very long at all they were like m- maybe a minute long or something and they were like of kittens playing and then all these people started to be like we want to actually make real movies and he was like nah bitch i control this and that was in new jersey and that's when he sued them like 260 times like i'm not kidding that's not an exaggeration wow. yeah it was a lot he was a piece of shit and um and then they all moved to hollywood and that's where hollywood came oh, from interesting it's, hollywood uh, thomas edison was pretty much indirectly the reason why we have hollywood today so just fun fact there yeah interesting mm-hmm. that is a fun fact yeah yeah so um because it was going to be in new jersey but what i was trying to say is that he was he was doing all these little like you know nickelodeons mm-hmm. which is what which was a thing which you pay in a nickel to go see a little film and um it's not just the the fun kids thing <laughs> channel whatever which i used to watch it's all the time when i was a kid slimed. yeah and uh and so i think it's i can understand you know you have um this evolution of of cameras that starts in like the like 18 late like 1880s about and then you know so like 40 years later and all of a sudden they're making all these big big epic films with like these big fights and everything like that and so i mean and i don't know i don't really know where i'm going with this but i i see what I, yeah <laughs> i don't know i guess that's it that's all i have to say about that yeah so. no but the second scene that made me feel like i was gonna throw up was when uh so toby mcguire they went to see toby mcguire to pay off nelly's debt which we'll get into but toby mcguire takes them to this underground party that's like six levels i, I want to talk about that because and was the last level was just this big like giant muscle man who ate a rat and yep. the sound effects of him eating a rat i also had to plug my ears and close my eyes it was so disgusting yeah the sound i didn't even notice the sound in either of those so i think that's funny because i am super sensitive to sound um but for me it was just the visual of i was like nope nope no and i don't know if you saw me but i was like i didn't <laughs> like because i was like, i had my eyes closed yeah, like, or my, my eyes closed and my ears covered my eyes i was like yeah. absolutely not i was like he's gonna do it no he's gonna do it because <laughs> like, i was yeah. like no he's not gonna do it and then i was like oh my god he 
reason. I was like, I was like, this is like watching Ozzy Osbourne bite off the head of the bat, like, but like way worse because I'm pretty sure. Okay, so actually, let's talk about that. Let's talk about that whole. Let's just let's just talk about the whole like thing. So, um, so Manny and the Count are going to pay off Nelly's debt, which is 1.5 million dollars in today's money. To this guy who's played by Tobey Maguire, who's just a disgusting person, and his yeah, he looks like he has tuberculosis. Or he was like his teeth know. were super yellow. He looked like he never brushed his teeth. He was like had this incredibly dark, you know, like red eyes. Like he just looks like a mess. And then he had his disgusting henchmen, who I kept thinking. I actually this was the thing that I was most thinking about because I was. I mean, you heard me, like, in the you movie. Were really, you were really, like, you did not oh like Oh, my it. God. Yeah. He, well, he kept, like, hawking up these loogies, like, making that, like, like, I'm not going to make the sound, but, like, you know, the um, snorting noise of, like, bringing up that nasty loogie, and he was fucking spitting everywhere, That's and gro- I was, was like, gross. I was like, if I had been, if that guy had been in my, in my employ, I would have been, like, the next time that you spit on my fucking ground, I will wear your guts for garters. Like, I'm not fucking kidding. I like how that's less <laughs> gross than him spitting. Well, it's 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 more just like, if you don't stop spitting, I will actually <laughs> no, kill I like you. It. I like it. <laughs> because guts I was garters. Kidding. I mean, you heard me. as I was like, oh, 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 come on. Dude, come on. Yeah, like, you did not movie, like it. I was not. It was gross. I was not happy. And I, and like, like, <laughs> Bit and phlegm is like one of those things that really bums me out. Like I can kind of handle like blood and poop, but like spit is like no, mm-mm, no, mm-mm. um, and and so I I was I was about to walk into that set and punch that guy in the face repeatedly. <laughs> like I was getting so bummed out by him. I was like, if this guy doesn't, stop. which is maybe another example of just audio. Like I, it's actually. Now yeah, because yeah, like you don't actually ever this see audio the stuff. Yeah, yeah, it's interesting. Yeah, you but don't. Yeah, it, was yeah. it was. It was disgusting. But I was. I was like. I was getting like Phil Spector eyes. I was like. <laughs> 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 I was like, don't fuck with me. <laughs> uh, I just, you know, my bark is worse than my bite. Honestly. <laughs> um, Do you think? I thought it was crazy that so the count. Got the eighty five thousand dollars for Manny for to pay off the debt. Oh, yeah, and I then do Manny actually. So I do want to talk about this because I, um, as we were watching the movie, when he said he made it, I went, "Oh shit, that's movie money!" Immediately, I and I really, I, noticed, I did not I put it together. That, yeah, I didn't notice that you didn't, you didn't realize that until like a little bit later. And then when he was like, he made the money, I heard you go, "Oh!" And I was like, "Oh shit, that took her." Yeah, <laughs> yeah like I a second because I picked it up like right away. I was like fuck they're in trouble i mean like i, I was thought, like get out of there I mean, like i thought that the scene was lingering a little bit too long and so i was a little bit on edge like what's gonna happen but it did not occur to me that they brought prop money like right why would you like if you were the count and you were in charge of like delivering this money going into this person's home and knowing that you know once you're in their home you're at the whims of a crazy psychotic drug lord or crime boss. whatever he was yeah like, he was why would you in your wildest dreams ever think that prop money was okay because your life yeah. is on the line like i can imagine if you're like here take this bag i'll go i'm not going with you but you can go maybe but like his life his life was actually at risk for doing right. this and i was really shocked that i mean like it, if you're gonna do it maybe 
use like the first top layer's real money yeah. and then the rest is fake money so you can get away with it. Right. But like you should leave immediately. Been like, you know what? Actually we have a dinner date. Oh, it's midnight. Yeah, it's it's a it's a really late dinner date. <laughs> but I have to go because I've been planning this for a month. So um the count, are you ready? <laughs> you know? Like, yeah. So, and, and so poor Manny instead, had no like, idea. Yeah, we'll just hang out and go and watch this guy eat fucking rats. Like, oh um so I had a question about though the whole like underground awfulness that was happening. How many people do you think were enslaved there? It looked like a lot. Okay. There was a lot of like people in those cages. Like a lot of people were having not. sex with each other. I yeah. mean, I'm sure it was like a trafficking situation. Yeah, I think so too. Yeah, it's it did not seem like people were there because they were you know they were there because something really bad had happened yeah, to them and they well, were in a really terrible place. The first place. level reminded me of the end of uh, Requiem for a Dream when Jennifer Connelly is in that like sex, oh yeah, like weird sex ring thing that she has to like do in front of all those people. That, But they were fighting. They weren't having sex. It was like two women in like a really bloody cage match. And then the yeah. next level was like a big orgy, but they were like, like enslaved looking yeah and, and there's a lot of people that were there was like deformed people there yeah, like there like was one guy that looked almost like elephant feeling, titus yeah yeah, uh -huh. yeah. and oh it was it was i mean it was really horrific yeah I, it was very uncomfortable i would have a hard time not like just running out as soon as i was i know i was i was like i then again i probably I would, wouldn't put myself in that situation to be well with. and i i don't know if you heard me but i was like never go to a second location yeah 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 i was i i was like they should have made an excuse to get out of there because what's a guy gonna do he's if they just make an excuse to be like i'm so sorry we have to go he's not there's i, I don't feel, know i mean i you're right he is he's an i mean i think that i think toby Maguire's character was probably a psychopath yeah he seemed like a psychopath he, he was throwing money at the guy oh, yeah, who was eating like, the he rat was in, like he was like this is the best thing that you are ever gonna see he was really selling and he pitched these like ridiculous movie plots to oh, manny yeah. yeah yeah well then there's like the part where they're the they see like the alligator crocodile i don't i don't really i think it's an alligator i don't really know the difference but um and he's like laughing at them like being scared of this alligator which is totally legitimate because it's a big fucking alligator that's like gonna you know like got powerful jaws and can snap and break your leg and eat it and um and he's just like <laughs> like giggling like this little manic giggle and i was like oh boy yeah. and then it just gets worse and worse as they go down into this and i i just couldn't i was like uh don't go and especially yeah. after they find out that the money was made instead of like you yeah. know made <laughs> you know um yeah I, I i was like get the fuck out of there because well, it's gonna end and badly then i think like they would definitely come after you eventually so you're not yeah. safe no matter what and then right. they just ended up coming after them a lot quicker right you know so when well, they started shooting at them as soon because yeah. there was the water dripping down from the ceiling and it was a receipt and, and it like yeah. smeared across like the the you know it smeared the money and so he was like okay so this isn't real you know i mean real money is made on like a mixture of like i think it's like linen and cotton it's not paper um that's why it's so durable so 
you know, you're seeing the ink start to drip down. You're going, ah, uh, because you should be able to wash your money. Yeah, well, and, I mean, you know. Yeah, he well, could probably, t- if he'd been paying attention, the texture alone probably would Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, and it seemed like, it seemed like he was, he was high, I think. He was snorting yeah, something. Yeah, he was. Everyone yeah. in this movie was like, cocaine. He's like, do you want to drink get a cocaine? It's ether you and absinthe and gin oh, yeah. or whatever. Yeah. I was like, I'm. No, no, I don't. I don't really ether. This is that. Yeah, yeah. Can like, you even drink like, that? Isn't that a gas? I don't know. I, I mean, maybe there can be liquid ether, but that sounds super dangerous. Yeah, like I hope you don't want an esophagus <laughs> or stomach lining. Yeah, like, hey, good luck. Yeah. Um, it's like, oh no, it's diluted ether, so it's kind of still dangerous, but it's not that bad. <laughs> like, oh great. Well, if it's only kind of dangerous. Uh, oh, and there was a scene. There was another scene that was pretty gross that I want to bring up. Well, there's lots of gross scenes, but one that another one that sticks out was when Nellie. So they make Nellie go to this cocktail party to try to sort of reinvent oh, herself. Yeah, yeah. But she sees all this hypocrisy, like this old guy grabbing the, the younger woman's ass all the time. And and then... And there's Marion Davies. Marion Davies, yeah. yeah. yeah Is yeah. he supposed to be William Randolph I think, I think so, okay. yeah. So, and then... That was um, my assumption anyway, because mm-hmm. it was... It, for, like, they said Marion Davies, yeah. and so I was like, oh, that's probably mm-hmm. hers then. Yeah, you know? played by Chloe Feynman, who is from Saturday Night Live, and she's oh. awesome. So I really like her on SNL. But, um... And then in another part of the party, there's these people who are talking to the black musician, and they're basically doing the equivalent of like, hey, I like black, I have black friends, I like black (laughs) things, and it's just really cringy. Yeah. And then she sort of snaps, and she starts eating, like shoving caviar and all this gross looking food into her mouth, and she's like, this is what somebody from New Jersey does. And then she... Has the most disgusting vomit scene. And I usually think vomit scenes are pretty funny, but this was pretty gross. Yeah, I don't I I don't understand why you do because it's so gross. Unrealistic vomit everywhere all over onto his face and mouth, and that's just disgusting and yeah, I uh, I would have if someone had thrown up on me, I would have immediately started throwing up. There's no way I would have been able to like, yeah, no. <laughs> yeah. Um, that scene was very weird, and I was kind of wondering like, it's I. It seemed to me that she could have just dealt with it and just been like, okay, so this isn't my scene, but you know, just stayed there or like left early or something. But she was so. Like she was so determined to just make everyone else just feel like shame or guilt or whatever it was, Mm -hmm. which I don't think they felt that way at all. I think that they looked at her and went, oh, well, this is exactly what we're saying. She's trashy. She's whatever. You know, she's from New Jersey. (laughs) So she's not from Hollywood like us. A fine, refined elite. I think the, the thing about that statement is that like New Jersey didn't make her act like that. Right. But it's like no. anything else. It's like, you know, like, oh, they don't like me because of this, this, and this. And it's like, well, they don't like you because you are creating this mess that you're yeah. currently well, living and, in. And you're you know? like this person who's on drugs all the time. And so it's it's hard to work with someone who is a drug addict. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like their life is controlled by this substance. And it's like, we need you to show up. We need you to do your job because this is what you're here for. Like Jensen in New Year's Eve. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, jeez. <laughs> 
<laughs> Stupid Jensen. <laughs> I listened to that episode. It was pretty fun. And that's and yeah. I was getting super <laughs> irritated by the whole Jensen thing. But um and uh you know and and so and Eleanor was there mm-hmm. and she so she was like her companion and she's like don't drink and don't eat a lot. You know like eat very lightly and you can see like Nellie's like throwing back the champagne and she starts like eating all that stuff and mm-hmm. she's and uh and Eleanor's like giving her that side eye like girl you better stop what you're doing because I told you what to do and you're not doing what I said and then it just all goes to shit and yeah it was but I I, I really feel like I think Nellie was trying to take some sort of like stance on this and it and I think that it, it just destroyed her career mm-hmm. is what I assume because if it were me and I was one of those people there and I had seen someone act like that I would have never ever ever cast her in a movie ever yeah. I would have been like absolutely not I do not want this girl within a 24 mile radius of my film mm-hmm. get her out of here yeah. you know I mean and um, and I can also see from her side where she's coming from like it is kind of gross to watch this dude like manhandle his girlfriend and it's like you're in a public place let's maybe like you know be cool and not do that because it's also kind of like embarrassing for the person who's being manhandled you know but I don't know if that was like a product of its time that that was something that was seen as like okay I don't know you know so um, but to me, it was just like, Nellie, if you want to have a career here, you got to pull it together, yeah. you know, because mm-hmm. people want you to act a certain way and you have to, and I hate to say this, but if you want to continue to have a career, you better act the way that they want you to act because you will not, you'll not, they won't have it any other way, mm-hmm. you know? You have to play the game. Right. And yeah. it's, and it is a game. It is. I mean, it's, it's still like, I think that Hollywood seems like it is a cutthroat business. Oh, for sure. It's, it doesn't seem like, yeah, it's not easy. Probably not even if you're super famous, it's not easy. Right. You know? Yeah. It might be easier, but it's right. Yeah. yeah. I, I think that it's, it's, um, I think she, I think that was the point. It was like the whole like Jack thing that point where he was in that horrible scene was like the turning point of his career and that part where she lost her shit was a turning point of her career or the death of her career really yeah you know and i think that the their careers ended with different attitudes as well yeah because he's his sort of was fizzling out and hers like exploded in a bad way yeah big time and uh so yeah i and I like how I thought it, I really like the line. So he's he's at the hotel. Jack is at the hotel with his new young girlfriend, fiance, and he mm-hmm. meets Lee, Lady Faye. And Lady Faye is saying that she's going to Europe. And he was like, "Man, you were you were one of the greats. You were one of the greats. I'll you know I'll miss you. It was so good to see you." And, and he's being really authentic. And it's mm-hmm. like maybe like one of the first times you get to see him be authentic with somebody else. As soon as yeah, what, the stuff that he was saying made me start to think. Like I was like, he's gonna kill himself. Yeah, I well, started to. Think- he said, he yeah. said like as she as she's leaving, he's like, "See you in London. See you in Prague or something." And I thought that was really beautifully kind of like bittersweet the way he Mm -hmm. said it or like melancholy and then you said at that point you were like can i make a prediction and i said no (laughs) we have to talk about it on the podcast if you want to make a prediction and And then he goes upstairs and he shoots himself and you go that that's exactly what i thought was gonna happen (laughs) i know i couldn't hold it in i was like i knew it i knew it well when it, it was especially when he gave away the watch too 
Remember, he gave his watch to someone. Oh, to the the tip of the guy. He's like, "What yeah. was the best tip I've ever you've ever gotten?" Yeah, and then he the, gave I him think that watch. Like, yeah, yeah. And so he like he gave a bunch of money to that guy, and then someone someone said, "Oh, where'd you get that watch?" And he said, "Oh, Mister Conrad gave it to me." And then like as soon as he said that, I was like, "Jack's gonna kill himself," and mm. I I knew that because that is a sign of suicidal, like you getting know. rid of your belongings. yeah yeah. You hey, yeah. You, I want you to have this. You know, I don't need it anymore. Um, and it's like, well, I don't need it anymore. And and um, yeah. And so that was just, and that was such like. It was just so like it wasn't sudden because you kind of like understand what's going on, but he walks in there and he closes the door, but it doesn't actually close, and so you just see like, and so you see the doors open, and then you just see like, you hear a bang and like the blood on the wall, yeah, and you know, you know, and um, all I could think of is that poor girlfriend is probably gonna find him, and that poor girl, <laughs> you know, like yeah. she did not deserve that. And she, that's going to be traumatizing for her. I, I can't. I can't imagine. You know, especially if this is someone that you're excited about. You're like, oh, it's a new. It's my new love. You know, I love him. He's so handsome and he's famous and blah blah and and charming. And then, oh, he's dead. You know, it's just yeah. yeah. And the yeah. thing is, like, you could tell that George's suicide really affected him, but he never big time. Like, he tried to talk about it with people because somebody would be like, how are you holding up? And he kind of started talking about it. But he could tell that the person was asking him not because of George, his friend dying. He was asking because his movie was a flop. And, right, right. And so, and like, it, when his, so his wife at the time, when George died, was a Broadway actress. And she was trying to help him with his lines. But she was like stepping on his toes a lot. Yeah, the Catherine Waterston. Waterston, yeah. yeah. And when he got the call about George dying, he sort of snapped at her because mm-hmm. it, it was just like, she was just trying to like give him this unwelcome advice after he'd learned some like really grave news and 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 i thought that that was the sad one of the sad things is 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 his career sort of slowly burned out and he had a legacy like he was still as a person gonna be respect his work might not be respected anymore as much but as a person he would have been respected for the rest of his life in hollywood right right. he could have lived out his days if he had found some kind of peace he could have lived out his days uh, you know still with this like yeah and i mean sure he was very rich you know yeah he he had a beautiful house he probably would have been able to quit and never work again he would have been financially totally fine you know yeah but he killed himself but then you see that he has they have a a funeral for him and a a very nice looking funeral nice looking like you know (laughs) right no Yeah, yeah no um and then but then you see that nelly she just sort of fades into oblivion and she gets the tiniest write up in a paper that yeah. says she was found dead and I didn't in the hotel e- I didn't even room know at what 34. It said. Yeah. It said I saw dead at 34 but the wikipedia page said in a hotel room. So Okay. So we don't even see how she died. We don't she yeah, disappeared. Yeah, we don't know. I she walked into the shadows. It was either someone killed her yeah. or she um died of an overdose. That's what I was wondering. Yeah. Like did they see her before they got into the house and killed the count and told Manny to never come back or did she die? But she died at 34 right. and she got the tiniest write up and 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 then you see that Eleanor the the writer also passed away and then and then Manny comes back to Hollywood with his wife and child like 20 mm-hmm. years later and, and he sees a movie and he hasn't aged a little. Yeah, he hasn't aged at all. And kinda, he, I was like, he could have put a little grain in his hair or something. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like maybe age him a little bit. He sees a, a movie 
he i think he's watching he's watching singing and singing in the rain which is like encapsulating all the things that he went through and and he realizes you know like he was part of something bigger basically and he's kind yeah. of crying and it's a really beautiful scene and i don't know if it's fully earned by his character i based on I, things we've yeah. talked about but it's it's really poignant and really well done i agree i think it was um seeing him express those emotions i i felt i felt that you know mm-hmm. what i mean like yeah. i've because i feel like while I've certainly never worked in Hollywood and I don't really want to because I'm I'm very content with being on the outside just judging everyone inside. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, I like that. Um, <laughs> or judging every movie, whatever. Um, I But I think that movies can be just so powerful and so, you know, poignant, like what you said, that it's something where you're like, oh my god i love this and i love this movie so much and it it's everything to me like elizabeth town it never gets old and i love that film and i love it so much you know and and it's just it's just like this i i really felt like i think people who really like movies will like this movie is what i say i think if you are just a casual watcher of movies watcher of movies yeah. um <laughs> that you might be like eh, but i i definitely think that this has a a sense of like emotion to it where there's just this love for the whole thing you know love for making them love for um behind the scenes for everything and in you know, so so we should talk about so Nellie and, and Manny, he's trying to get her out of LA after that whole thing happens. Um and trying and like they drop off the count for some reason. To get like drugs and stuff. Yeah, which I thought was kind of strange because I was like and they and like gas. I was like, gas, like what do you, you gasoline know? for the car. Right, no, no, I mean I know, but I was like, he's just has it like as his at his apartment or is no, he gonna he go was somewhere? stopping to get get drugs oh, okay. and they were like we'll come back and pick you up we have to get gas oh okay 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 i but thought he she said was like, get gas but the was count like, was like yeah i got all kinds of drugs and of course uh, Nelly's like, Nelly wanted the drugs and i was like don't do that i thought they were gonna come to find him dead right anyway right, no, go ahead yeah uh, so she takes off or they drive to like a which is like a wedding or something. They're getting gas and she like takes it, off. It looked like it was just like a little club or like something. a party. I don't yeah. Know. yeah. She sees like a party and she's like, or maybe it was dance? a wedding. It looked kind of like yeah. a wedding. Um, and there was like people that were filming it, which I, I liked that whole scene where he finds her after she had taken off and he's like, I love you. Let's get married. And she's kind of like, well, uh, I don't know. But then, it seems like maybe everything's starting to click that like shit my life's in danger sure let's get married you know um but i don't think that she this is she would have never i don't even think felt like that towards him i mean she may have not even been straight you know or or or, or into men i mean you know what i mean like obviously she liked women you know Mm -hmm. because she liked lady Faye. um but it just seemed like it was more out of convenience but then he stops at the count's place and she just leaves and she walks off into yeah, the darkness walks, and you just never see her again i was wondering you know? like that's what i was wondering did she walk off on purpose or was she just kind of like stretching her legs and then she walked he off on left purpose. yeah yeah i was actually like i was getting pretty annoyed by her lack of uh 
distress at the circumstances they were in and i was like man if i was with her and she was doing that like i know we gotta go dancing i'd be like no our lives are literally in danger right. why do you want to go dancing i would be like well okay, i don't go think dancing, she, i think bye. she's super high yeah i'm just you know yeah i know yeah yeah but, no i agree though because he's like we have to get out of here because we're like yeah. we're gonna die we're gonna get killed and she's like Woo! And yeah, then, and then, but I like that you see the two guys that are filming with a little handheld like crank camera, or whatever. And I was like, how cute! <laughs> like, I think it's, it's a, is that a super eight or is that too early for? A I super think eight? I, probably too early. Yeah, um, and and they notice they're like, hey, that's Nelly LaFay, and they're like, and they're filming Leroy. this Leroy. That's right, and they're they're filming this like kind of intimate moment between them. And it was very sweet, the moment that they filmed. But the reality behind it is that it wasn't that sweet. It mm-hmm. was very destructive and sad. And, you know, I mean, I think Nellie has this, like, from the moment that she is brought in, she's just, she's like a walking tragedy, you know? Mm-hmm. She's... yeah. She's got this terrible past, this traumatic past. You know, her mom's in the sanitarium for who knows what. Um, And she, her dad just seems to only care about the money that she's bringing in. I don't think he really cared about her. It didn't seem like he really cared about her. It didn't seem like it. Yeah, it's not like he was like, this is my daughter and I will protect her no matter what. Because if it were my kid, I would be like a fucking, like I'd be like the damn, like, you bring the tiger on me you you mess with my kids i will i will eat you alive (laughs) i will destroy you you know like because i would feel very protective of my children um but i yeah he he just and she's she's just this beautiful sad being and just kind of fades into obscurity and i think that seeing her walk into the darkness was kind of like symbolic of her just fading into obscurity is that it's just like she just disappears and that's it and you never see her again you yeah. know um yeah i just wrote like i wonder what nelly died from but i think you just you're never supposed to know unless you can pause the movie i mean you and know read the little newspaper article yeah it probably right. says like e blur blur bliss ipsum or whatever like, lorem ipsum lorem yeah. ipsum that's what yeah. it is i was combining like <laughs> latin with gibberish yeah uh so yeah i don't know so would you recommend the movie uh, yes and no. I think a very specific person who is prepared will probably enjoy the movie. Uh, I think someone who really loves movies will probably enjoy it. Sometimes, maybe not. I think it's very possible that somebody who really loves movies will be like shocked and offended. And I can understand not wanting to have some of these things like in your brain forever. Yeah, yeah. like it's it's pretty it's intense. It's pretty disturbing. Um, it's wild. Uh, it's fun. But I so. I think if because sometimes I'll I'll know that like for horror movies specifically I'll be like man I kind of wish I could watch that but I know that I shouldn't and I think that if you're listening to this and that's what you're thinking about this movie then you probably shouldn't yeah um but yeah. if you're thinking you're curious and it sounds good yeah I would def- I would definitely recommend it yeah yeah how about you um I say pretty much the same thing I would recommend it but you know like I wouldn't recommend it to certain people, you know? Mm-hmm. And I wouldn't say that's like most movies. This movie is specifically, uh, it's, um, it just kind of stands out as being a little gross and a little over the top, but not in a bad way. So if it's, you know, if it's your jam, if you like kind of rougher, more, 
disturbing films, I guess, then this might be your thing. You know, I'm that's what I that's what I like. <laughs> that's that kind of I tend to go and gravitate towards darker, disturbing things. So, um, yeah, I would say if you're like me, you'll like it. If you're not, you probably won't. Then that's it. And yeah, that's pretty much it. That's what I would say. Yeah, you said something earlier that made me think, and you were like talking about Baz Luhrmann, and I was like, yeah, Baz Luhrmann could probably make. A really good version of this movie that is watchable for everyone yes. but still has the gravitas yes. that it was going for but could it be called Babylon? Probably not. It right. would have to be called something a little bit more like Diet, you know? <laughs> yeah. So Diet I think Babylon. this movie yeah. Yeah. earns its title uh-huh. uh, for good reason but I do think that uh, there is it. it is like uh, Baz Luhrmann-esque yeah, and I think yeah. I wanted to talk about it when you brought it up, but I think we got distracted by something else. So anyway, yeah, he I think I agree with you. I think that it's like it's like Baz Luhrmann light or Baz Luhrmann heavy. heavy. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, and I could see why people would be like, oh, yeah, maybe it's NC-17. I don't really think it needs an NC-17 label. Um I feel like I've seen worse movies. I think so, since most of the nudity and stuff was done in shadows, yeah, and it really, yeah, there really wasn't it was very anything casual to nudity. Mm-hmm. It wasn't, and I, I personally like casual nudity in films. <laughs> I know that sounds weird, no, but I mean, like, there's okay, <laughs> there's a difference though. I know you know what I mean. There's a difference between like they're showing nudity in a movie and it's a big deal versus like someone just going from the shower and their breasts are exposed and it's just not a big deal. It's just casual nudity. Oh, sure. You know what I mean? Like, Mm -hmm. and I personally like that because I don't think nudity is something that we should be afraid or ashamed of. I think it's just, it's like, I don't think that it's something that should be hidden. It should just be natural and accepted. Um, So I think that uh, that's why this movie like the casual nudity is just like it's like whatever you know like with all the other shit that you're watching nudity is not going to be your top worry. I think it's it's less about the nudity more about the sex oh yeah big time I mean it was definitely I mean, like yeah that's what would get the NC-17 yeah. rating I mean Dionysus would have been having a great time there he would have <laughs> yeah. been like living it up this is up for me because <laughs> everyone sings <laughs> everyone sings everyone sings <laughs> Uh, so you guys can follow us on Instagram at Watchers and Movies or Facebook at Watchers and Movies. If you have a recommendation, you can do a couple of things. You can either DM us on social media. You can also email us at watchersandmovies at gmail.com. And you can also visit our website. That's watchersandmovies.weebly.com. And thank you so much to Mike for our theme music. Yeah, you can find him on Twitter at the Mike Show 42 His name is Mike Myers. Thank you, Mike. Thanks, Mike. And that's it. Bye-bye. Bye.